0: Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233.
1: Good afternoon. It is Friday, May 1st, and this is Noon Edition with co-host Daniel Robison. I'm Stan Jastrzewski, welcoming our guests and our listeners to our Ask the Mayor extravaganza here today. We're joined in studio by some of our regular guests, uh, Columbus Mayor Fred Armstrong, Terre Haute Mayor Duke Bennett, Bloomington Mayor Mark Cruzan, and uh, on his way, a few minutes late, will be Kokomo Mayor Greg Goodnight. Thank you all for being here. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Awesome. I miss the Ask the Mayor theme song. <laughs> the Noon Edition theme song is just not the same. <laughs> it's got a slightly different tenor to it. Before we get started, I should point out there are a couple of ways that you can be a part of our program today. If you're near a telephone, you can dial in at 812-855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can also send us an email by going to our website, wfiu.org slash you can join the conversation there by leaving a comment and we are also on Twitter today. That's at Noon Edition. So I, I want to start out. I, we thought this show was, was going to take place after the legislative session had ended, um, the best laid plans I guess. Um, but you know, the stalemate about the, the state budget does lead me to my first question which concerns partisanship in Indiana and I'm wondering – You know, from each of your perspectives, do you think that the state is becoming more partisan? It seems something somewhat to us in the news media that in the face of an historic election and a recession and trying to deal with the stimulus that people, at least Indiana lawmakers in Washington and in Indianapolis, seem to be getting further apart rather than coming together. And I'm wondering, do you – any of you feel that way on a local level. Uh, Mayor Bennett, we'll start with you.
2: Well, no, I don't really see that a whole lot at the local level, but people are watching what's going on in Indianapolis and Washington both. And you know, we've got a lot of interesting uh, ideas floating around out there about how, you know, stimulus money should be spent, uh, whether we're putting enough into the federal budget or not, the state budget. And I find it interesting that uh, really, there there seems to be a change with philosophy, but not as much politics, at least in Terre Haute. So I'm not seeing a whole lot of party fighting, if you will, but there's a lot of different ideas being shared out there. And I'm, I, it's just I'm trying to figure out uh, kind of where some of this is going myself. And I think it's uh, interesting times for all of us. Other ideas
1: from the other two of you who are sitting here
2: with
3: us at the moment? I I agree that uh, at least in Columbus that uh, the politics part uh, is always by the sidelines because we try to do deal with what we're dealing with and work it out the best way we can and we don't agree on every single issue but we set back and and work it out so uh, it'll please at least fifty one percent of the people I guess but uh, really it's it's not the infighting I uh, have six. Uh, council members who are the opposite party uh, of myself. And we get along great. And if we have questions, we uh, we talk to each other, we communicate. Uh, there's no one trying to take over and, and uh, I guess, uh, make a showboat out of things. It's it's one of those things that uh, locally, uh, we all work together. Uh, mayors will even do the same thing if a mayor calls me and I can help or vice versa. I've always... Uh, uh, been able to do that. It seems like at the state level, um, it's not what it used to be or it's not what it should be and that's what they should remember that there are people at stake and not their jobs.
4: You know, I think at the federal level, it's kind of where it started and it's all about media and money. You know, there's a lot of interests obviously that have a lot of competing um, um, legislation and, and things that challenge their industry and so you know what we all hear about special interests, a lot of money got into that process. The more – especially under the Reagan era, more responsibility came to the states. The money, the importance of the issues transferred with them and I think that led to increased partisanship in the legislature. Uh, I don't feel it at all <clears throat> at the local level. I find – and I think that happened even in the legislature this year. It's the intra-party. Uh, can have just as much squabbling as the inter-party uh, uh, disagreements that might come along. I think you look now, you you'd see the um, uh, at the at the legislative level. Often it's the party of the governor, whoever the, whichever party it is, whoever the governor is, that can be the the greatest challenge uh, to work with. And I, I think especially locally, it sounds and it's interesting to hear what other mayors are saying here. I would say the same thing that the challenges tend to come and the friction sometimes will come. I find almost never partisan – partisanly, it's almost always philosophically. It's within the parties you might have different – you do have different philosophies as well. Uh, So I think most of our uh, – most of the conflict that you may have will come as a battle of ideas, not of personalities or party.
5: Well, that being said, what do you think uh, is your role in state government? Uh, you know, some mayors like to sit by the sidelines. Some like to get really involved. Uh, what do you guys like to do?
2: Well, I'll. Um jump in on that one. You know, I'm still kind of learning a few things here just being in my second year. But what I what I really like to do from a Terre Haute perspective is I would like to be as independent as we can to be able to have some control over the money and be able to have some more influence with getting things through the state quicker. You know, we deal a lot with NDOT as an example. And, uh, you know, things move kind of slow through the transportation side of things. And I know those guys are all working very hard and they're trying to streamline and do some new things. But we would like to be able to have a little bit more local control over things. So my goal has been to understand the system better, work with those that are key decision makers to help us be more effective
1: locally.
3: Well, I'm in my 14th year and I'm still learning. So, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> But you've gone on the record and said, especially where things like property taxes are concerned, you're letting people like IACT say, this is this is what the mayors want. And you've been Uh, quoted on our programs as saying you're sitting in Columbus and you'll you'll take what they give you.
3: Yeah, it's one of those things. I I do appear at third house sessions and I get to waste an hour and a half there. But I do show up and I when I do show up, I speak my point and it goes on. But if I need something, uh, I have questions. I will email all of our legislators Most of the time they return uh, the emails. It may not be what I want to hear or read, but at least they'll return the emails. So, uh, again, uh, I do it both ways. I can do it as silently as I want to or I can uh, be out front when I guess I need be. But now it's to the point that uh, you talk to them and I'm not so sure if you're talking to them, at them, or with them but you do what you can and the chips are going to fall where they where they may when they get to Indianapolis they're going to talk amongst each other and that's what they're going to do so it's quite obvious with uh, some of the laws that have been passed in previous years and so far this year and
1: mayor Krasin, you've been on both sides of this conversation yeah, now. i
4: don't want one one thing that i think all the other mayors and when greg gets here um, that i believe duke and greg both served under city councils and you were a police officer and worked with the city or for the city? city That's something, in mm-hmm. the city council. And I, I I, did not have that advantage. The one advantage I suppose I have of, of the four of us would be having, in terms of this question, is having been in the legislature. In part, though, I have to admit it's a, a little bit uh, of the reality is kind of a cold fact. Uh, I know sometimes legislators aren't that interested in what a mayor will say when they've got the governor or their own caucus pressure on them. And I know other times when they, I think, truly are going to be looking for our input. Um, I, you know, I tend to have, although the longer I'm out now the, uh, of the legislature, the, the fewer connections that I might have up there. But uh, it certainly worked to our benefit to be able to contact different legislators and, and different committee, both parties. They've both been very uh, upfront about we're not going to help you. Uh, or here 's something we can do, and um, you know you look at things from a whole different perspective, uh being the chief executive of a city and i I've heard so many times legislators uh, including myself, when I was up there talking about the sanctity of home rule and how important it is that locals have the ability to make decisions to govern their own uh, government's best at its local level. And yet, time after time, I see legislation. Just this year, the uh, you know the animal welfare legislation that strips communities of their ability to uh, enact any kind of provision that's more stringent than state law by the end of two thousand nine. Uh, the property tax caps, and we're at the the whim of the legislature. And I think other cities are actually uh, have suffered more greatly than Bloomington and Monroe County have. And I certainly don't envy that the position that other mayors are in, especially um, <clears throat> excuse me, when the storm-ridden cities, you know, Martinsville, Columbus, others that have went through the floods.
1: I was going to say beware of the property tax term because I can already see the smoke coming up in your armstrong's ear though. Trevor Burrus So there are times that uh,
4: so you, you look at it and think that uh, and I haven't been in the legislature and people talk about home rule and they really want the input of their cities, but there are things that get passed and got passed this session that you, know, you do wonder it's the classic, And you know, what are you thinking? Now, having been there, I was on the other side of that, and I'm sure I had mayors saying, what, what was he thinking?
1: It's funny. It's funny you say you go to third house sessions and waste an hour and a half of your time. We don't want this whole show to be deadly serious. And one of the things we wanted to know was how often do you go to the opening of a new business or some meeting that you feel obliged because you're the mayor that you should be there and your heart's not really in it? I mean, how often are you there and you're, you're smiling and you're shaking hands and you're kissing babies and you're like, why am I not at home?
2: Hmm. Well, I'm always smiling. I, I always go. But, you know, I'm not kind of a rookie. Maybe it'll change. But I've always felt like um, whoever that is, whatever entity, whatever event it is, I, we had our 20-year anniversary of one Walmart store in Terre Haute this morning. And they were extremely excited that I stopped by there and made it a part of, uh, you know, their day. And I try to do everything I possibly can. You know, whenever people make a request, I, I I miss very few things. And I go and just enjoy it as much as I can and move on to the next event. So I think it's real important to be engaged in the community. They're always looking for the mayor to be there. That's kind of the key person in the community. And um, I make every effort to do that, and I I love it. So I'm I'm enjoying that ride. Absolutely. I mean, we have enough
3: bad times, I guess. Why not be at an enjoyable place where uh, you can't say you don't want to be there? Now, your family may say, we don't want you there. But <laughs> when you uh, sign that dotted line, uh, I think that uh, it was it's your responsibility to Be there when you're asked. Now, again, uh, I know all mayors are are asked so many times to show up. Maybe I can't be there because these are the uh, different events at the same time, same date. And I've gone as far as videotaping something because I've already promised one group, so I can't be at the other one. So I'll videotape something. So, uh, no, it's part of the job. It's very, very enjoyable. Uh, I don't want to miss anything, I, and I, my wife, I think, wants me to miss a few things. But, uh, uh,
1: that's why she's have, telling you you can't run. That's again. right. That's what she
3: put the she put her foot down. So.
1: Well, my dogs don't care where I am, ever, <laughs> and,
4: uh, as long as I'm home to feed them, the uh, the only thing that I tr- really I have to admit that I'm not all that you know happy about is when it's something involving the media. When the media is requested that I come and do an interview or something like uh, Ask the Mayor, <laughs> then then, you know, I could be having lunch right now. Right. Uh, the, you know, that, what what Duke said earlier is was is key to me, and that is you know when people would like that the mayor to be there. And I think all of us realize, and it's not maybe necessarily at least in my case, not necessarily the great personality of the mayor that they're interested, in. they want whoever the mayor is mm-hmm. to be there. And I hope that we can add some credibility to an event, some uh, some public um, awareness of of a cause or an event by lending our our parents our support. Uh, I was – we talked last time, Stan, and asked the mayor about uh, requests for schedules and I remember looking at my first year. I was naive as – I was very naive as to how different the legislature and the legislative world would be from the executive role of a a mayor in terms of uh, public demand. I – in looking at it, I think – I want to say 137. It was 134 or 137 times that I made remarks. Now, some of them were speeches. Some were literally hello and on behalf of the city type of remarks. But it was 137 times in that first year and uh, you know, I was tired of listening to myself. I imagine there were people who were, but I thought that was, that was a shock to me of how many times just to make remarks. That didn't include all the things that would be just uh, you'd be in attendance. And uh, it really has, you know, it slowed down a little. I think there was some, that's the new mayor, I'm curious, but uh, it's, it's, it's not slowed down all that much where you know you're often asked to make Uh, Remarks and attend different things and you try to get to as many as you can. And it's very kind that people want you there and feel that it adds something to their event.
5: Is there any way while being a mayor to uh, to just not be mayor? You know, if you're at a restaurant, you're playing golf, is it a 24-hour job? Do you always have to be conscious of who's looking at you and what you're ordering for dinner, that sort of thing? (laughs) <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs>
2: well, it is very interesting, and it what's what even gets me more in Terre Haute is I have people from Illinois that will you know they watch our TV stations mm-hmm. and they'll walk up and say I'm from Casey, Illinois or wherever, and and say I know who you are, and and they're always then they look at you and they know and they sometimes they can't figure it out, but what I think is very interesting, most of them are just. They think it's pretty neat to meet the mayor and be able just to talk and and I've made it my an effort of mine to just be genuine with people, be out there amongst them and uh, you know I went to um, last night I was out running a little bit. And uh, just was talking with some people and they were kind of shocked to see me, you know, kind of in my T-shirt and and all that instead of dressed up like I typically am. But I think people just like to engage. They like to be able to get to their politicians and they feel like sometimes you're distant. So I've really worked hard to be available to people. And I think after a while it starts to – you know they feel more comfortable with you, but people are always watching. And then I, I've even heard things. Well, I saw the mayor here and there, and I didn't even—I wasn't even there. So <laughs> you know, sometimes you wonder what people are thinking, but they like to think you're connected with whatever you know circle they run in. And I just try to uh, be conscious and, and be careful because uh, it is a very um, uh, just. There's a lot of things going on out there, and you want to be in the right places at the right times. I guess. Well, I hire clones. You know, they just you know
1: <laughs> that's what I was
3: thinking. I'm thinking everywhere. You know, thinking of Absolutely, <laughs> no. absolutely. No, there are. You know, when you go to schools and you get that opportunity to talk to the kids, and they yes. very seldom ask questions unless it's you live in a. White House, or do you have a chauffeur, things like yeah. that. But it's, uh, it's never-ending, Saturdays, Sundays, holidays, mm-hmm. especially holidays. They, they want the mayor at different programming. In fact, I want to tell a story since I get this opportunity. We had some uh, people spend the night at our house, and my wife said in the uh, morning, she, you need to go to the grocery store and get some bacon and eggs. I forgot to get that. So the store is not far from where we live. I went to the store, and you run into people at the store. And you're not going to say, sorry, I can't talk to you. My wife wants this back mm-hmm. here in time. You talk. Well, it took me almost an hour <laughs> to get home, and we live two minutes away from – so you, you know what I caught when I got home. But those are the mm-hmm. things. You just can't turn people down. Mm-hmm. They want to hear what you have to say, and even if it's not what they want to hear, but you just you, – you can't be impolite.
4: Mm-hmm. And again, I found that to be the, the amazing. You, know, you think you, – I was in elected office for 16 years in the community as a legislator, and you think you you maybe as a legislator want to believe that people know who you are and what you do, but I think there's a whole level removed from uh, from the from the legislature. People when you're up in Indianapolis, people aren't quite sure what you're what you're doing, and um, and your the level of interest in the, who the mayor or city council members are going to be is an entirely different thing than what it was for me as a legislator. Uh, to uh, people know what you do, they know. Everything that um, that is happening in the city, they know about that pothole. They know about the snow removal. They know about uh, all the issues that we that we work on, and the budget directly impacts their lives. The legislature, it's it's just enough removed that people care about one or two big issues that might come up, but really, and I don't mean this. Uh, in any kind of insulting way to the public or to legislators, they aren't quite sure what legislators out out there doing up in Indianapolis until a big story happens. Wait like, a minute, the sure. legislators? <laughs> sure. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> until something until something big happens, and then and then they might tune into it. For mayor, it's uh, the the level of of uh, familiarity and with the issues and the, with the office holders is an entirely different world. It's it's been it's been a blast, but it does add, You do have to compensate for that. Uh, even walking to a meeting, going to a restaurant, getting into it, you know, you're going to run into a lot of people you know. And you know, that's, that's what that's, like you said, that's why you signed up to do it.
1: Mayor Greg Goodnight has walked in. Thanks for being Welcome here. Welcome to It's a bad time. You,
0: thank you. I, I apologize <laughs> for being late. I, I said if I was late, I was talking to my wife in the car that uh, they said, well, what are you going to talk about? I said, well, we're going to talk about mass transportation if I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> High-speed rail, those type of things. Well, I want to say
4: I appreciate all the – You know, I get uh, – eight-minute drive over here, and I really appreciate the fact you guys all took the time to, to to drive over to Bloomington to do this.
0: Thank you. We had a few things working against us. The weather got into some heavy rain up by Martinsville. Um, I had to stop, and of course, we're going through the bankruptcy with Chrysler, our largest employer, so I okay. did have a few media calls in Indianapolis and stopped and, and did a little bit of that as well as the traffic. So I had just like the mayor's job, I thought. Uh, a lot of things working against us these days, but we made it down here, so thank you very much. Well, I you, apologize.
1: You've arrived right on time for our first phone caller, so all uh, of you can put your headphones on here. We've got Andy on the phone. Andy, thanks for dialing in to Noon Edition today. What would you like to uh, ask our mayors?
6: Hi. Uh, I'm actually from uh, the Bedford area, and uh, you were talking a little bit about uh, partisanship and, and what did they see a lot of partisanship? And uh, I come from a uh, in a town uh, where we have an independent now that, that became mayor, uh, also the first woman uh, mayor in Bedford. And uh, I, I do some work for the for the city as far as contract work and such. And, you know, it, you get to talk a little bit uh, candidly with her, and, and she's sort of of the opinion, you know, I just don't know how much the state, Wants us to give. I mean, we just keep giving and giving, and you know, you, you, there, there are they're basic necessities that that have to be done at this point. Um, she uh, had, uh, you know, people had talked about the stimulus money, and, and here in Bedford, you know, people are kind of clamoring, "Well, when's it going to come?" And you know, oh boy, we're we're from Lawrence County. The Lieutenant Governor, she'll she'll get us the money, and we're just sort of sitting here twiddling our thumbs. Uh, and then something comes out to where they do get a little bit of stimulus money, and she gets a black eye because uh, because it's on a road project. And and I, I wondered, my my question in all this is, do you, do you feel like your hands are tied because you you're sort of darned if you do and darned if you don't in all this? You know, you yes, you do want the stimulus money, but you know you don't know what kind of strings are attached to this thing. And I'll just listen to your comments.
1: Thanks, Andy. Mayor Goodnight. We'll start with you since you just walked in. You and I have talked a little bit on our on Ask the Mayor about what you guys hope to do with the stimulus money.
0: Right, and most of the th- the, uh, the the requests we made were for uh, sewer projects, road projects, sidewalk projects. A lot uh, related to uh, some of the, uh, the schools and 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 some of those things. Uh, we the projects that we uh, asked uh, requested. Were items that we're going to have to face in the next few years anyway, and um, so if we get that, that's just great that we're able to complete those projects a little bit ahead of uh, schedule. Uh, but I've said this, you know, we're going through a real tough situation. I, I've said all along that uh, you know we're going to have to make uh, you know some of these changes ourselves, and and you know any assistance we can get from Indianapolis or from Washington D.C., uh, of course we'll take that, but. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to count on them to to bail us out and, and to to do some of these things. We're going to have to you know do some things within ourselves as as a city and uh, within a population within the population of Kokomo. So, uh, you know, just like everybody else, we're going to try to grab as much stimulus money as we can. Is there red tape with it? Uh, usually there is. We we're a, an entitlement city. We got uh, some extra community development block grant money. And, of course, there's a, there's a lot of stipulations with that. Um, but, uh, you know, we welcome that. We can we – can, you know, we deal with that anyway as, as an entitlement city. So,
1: Others of you feel like your hands are, are tied a little bit. Mayor Armstrong, you've said – you know, you said on our program a couple of months ago you weren't sure if it was worthwhile at all applying for the stimulus money because you were wasting a bunch of time and a bunch of money and city resources applying for it and you weren't sure what you were going to get back.
3: Well, none of us are sure what – we're going to get, and none of us were at the beginning, but it seems like we repeatedly turned in uh, several pages of the same thing over and over to different organizations and different groups. At the time, though, I don't think the federal government knew what they were going to do, and I don't think the state government knew how this money was going to be applied, but we had to apply for it. So what do you put in priority? You know, you have 100 priorities. You know, Where do you, where do you start? And you have to go through your department heads to figure out what's ready, what's shovel ready, How can you get it done? And, again, we're an entitlement city also. Uh, There are funds that were coming in. But, again, there are uh, certain uh, uh, things that you have to do in order to get the money. But, overall, um, I don't think any of us would turn it down. We'll go through that extra effort. Uh, We've had some help uh, with some lobbyists uh, with this. And we've had some uh, help with uh, our representatives in Washington, So uh, I think it's all beneficial, it's just a little confusing, and it's a little tiring once you go through this two and three and four different times uh, before, before anyone knew actually what was going to happen, and that was the frustration. And uh, there's still some of that out there, but I think it's, uh, it's starting to come in. When that first check comes in, I guess,
1: uh, we'll all be a little happier. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to cut you all off, but we've reached the bottom of the hour and we need to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Noon Edition with uh, our four mayors.
7: You're listening to Noon Edition on member supported WFIU. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, wfiu.org. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU News Team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, wfiu.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 7.45.
1: And we are back here on Noon Edition with Terre Haute Mayor Duke Bennett, Columbus Mayor Fred Armstrong, Bloomington Mayor Mark Cruzan, and Kokomo Mayor Greg Goodnight. Thanks again to all of you for being here.
5: Well, this is a question I wanted to ask, and um, uh, Mayor Armstrong, you've been in office for a while, so have you, uh, Mayor Cruzan? but uh, Mayor Goodnight and Mayor Bennett, you, this is your first terms. Uh, I just want to ask, is it possible for a mayor to be too ambitious? Uh, you have to choose your agenda and your battles wisely. Uh, What's your thinking for how to spend your political capital? You know, however limited it might be.
2: Well, one of the approaches that I've taken is, and when we were talking about uh, numbers of people on the council, I've got nine people of the opposite party on the council in Terre Haute. And so, um, it's been real important to me to, you know, just develop some relationships and, and to try to stay away from the political angles of everything, and really trying to get people to understand that, you know, the previous administration is gone. They had some things they started. I wanted to carry some of those things through. And then still begin to instill the things that I'd like to do. And so I I wanted to do it in a a transitional thing and not do, you know, cold turkey. Here it is. Here's the Bennett administration. But more so, how do we have some continuity and then intertwine the things that I want to do? And so I think we've been pretty successful with that. Um, And still early. And uh, the stimulus money has, of course, thrown us in for a loop. We were kind of moving on with our plans. And then we had to take some time to deal with all that. But I really believe that the most important thing is to, to serve everybody and, and treat everybody equally no matter what party or what, who they support and all those things. And, and I think a lot of times uh, there's an emotional period and I try to shorten that as much as I possibly could and not dwell on the past but keep looking for the future. Uh, no matter who's sitting in the chair, you've got to have certain things to keep moving forward and so that's the approach I've taken.
0: Well, uh, ours is a little bit different situation. We uh, are we're split five four. Uh, I'm a Democrat, and we have a five four majority. Uh, but I also have the benefit. I served on the council for two terms um, before this, and uh, and five of those new five of our council members are new uh, to the council. Although one had served uh, a, about a decade before, um, but I do have the benefit of having worked with them during my two terms, and and so the relationships uh, had been built. They they. I really don't think there was anything that I would uh, do that would surprise them and they 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 got to to uh, learn how I operate and and uh, and I got to learn uh, from them as well um unfortunately a lot of the things you know We've been faced with in in our city is uh, just I, I kind of joke around that since I've been in I've been playing defense the whole time uh, from the soft economy house Bill 201, and the uh, obviously that the, uh, the our reliance on the automotive industry has has put us in a position of uh, making some hard choices. Uh, we've had to, to make layoffs and, and change employee benefits and streamline uh, some of our services and and um, but I, I have to say the council uh, I, I was listening on the way in that the, our council, uh, both Democrats and Republicans, um, we really don't get into those political party fights. Now, I, I was kind of laughing as I was listening on the way in that uh, we do have sometimes the personality uh, conflicts having uh, you know small towns and, and some of the, the history that goes along with that and, and those may uh, come up but it really has nothing to do with party lines. But uh, you, know, you have to be very careful with, with what capital you have. and, and um, But most of ours have been uh, trying to uh, streamline things. And, and budget cuts and, and, and instead of actually programs that we're trying to uh, institute uh, initiate. Trevor
1: Burrus What about the other two of you who have been in office for a little while? How do you, how do you allocate, uh, as Daniel said, that, that political capital? And, and is, there, is there less than you might think despite having been in office for a long time?
3: Wow. Um, I guess it goes back to day one. You know, uh, You wanted the job. Now you've got it. <laughs> you know, it's that surprise election, I, whoops, now what do I do? So, uh, you think you have everything down, Pat, but you don't and you just uh, go on what you believe in and, you know, the previous mayor in Columbus was a very, very good mayor, opposite politics, but good mayor, he did things his way and accomplished a lot. And uh, my way is just a little different, I like to deal with more people. Uh, talk to people, more input, and then make a decision. But you really only have about three years to do anything, because the first year, you have to figure out who you are and what you're doing here. And by that time, uh, you're in that second year, and now you're wanting to accomplish some of the things that you would like to do. And and by that time, you at least know which direction you're going. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite interesting. It's, a, it's the best job I've ever had, and I've had a couple really good jobs in my life. But it's a fantastic job, and I, I know these guys feel the same way.
4: You know, that's so interesting the way you, you phrase that. I, my predecessor, John Fernandez from Kokomo— um, uh, former mayor of Bloomington gave me—I uh, think—the single best observation. Absolutely, the single best observation before I took office, and that was that you know, in your first year, you're going to learn, you know, kind of where the restrooms are, that type of. You're going to learn the ropes uh, of the building of the people, and then that second year, you'll start to really start to figure out what it is you want to do. The third year, you'll figure out how to start to get that accomplished, and the fourth year, you're going to be running for reelection, and now everything will be subject to. Uh, increased scrutiny and people attributing motive to everything because it's the election and that you'll really need that second term to be comfortable. And I I can't tell you what a palpable difference and I think a much better mayor in a second term than I I am than I was in the first term. Uh, The State of the City Address, this, this won't make sense to maybe anybody other than those who've done this, is my State of the City Address. I think in my first term, talk about political capital, I was really trying to Tune into all the community issues and took kind of a shotgun approach to addressing everything because I felt like I don't want to indicate that something's not important to me, and uh, now I'm much more comfortable in my own skin and have been able to decide here's what you can expend political capital on. here's what we really want to get done for this community. Uh, and now I'm starting to learn how, how to do that. and I think Mayor Armstrong said earlier, you know he's still learning. And I hope that's always true for, certainly for all, for me and I guess for all of us we will always be learning something new but much more comfortable in the decision-making process and that learning process than than ever.
1: Well, let's talk about that process for a second. Where do all of you wield the most influence or wield it most effectively? Is it in the public eye when you're going out to the events or you're delivering uh, addresses on behalf of the office or is it behind the scenes where you can just go and have lunch with somebody away from everybody else? and talk to somebody on a one-to-one basis and say, here's what I need, here's what I can provide. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, all of those yeah, yeah. things are right. a combination. You have to do all of them if you're going to be successful. And Let me throw something in that we haven't talked about, I guess. But there's not a city sitting here or throughout the state of India. Everyone wants their mayor to be successful. I don't care what political party you're with. They want you to be successful. They may not seem like it at the time, but they want their community to grow and grow in the right way. So, you know, you have to work with everyone. So you got to make sure that at least you listen. And again, you listen to those individuals. You go out and listen to groups and anything in between. And that's
2: all important. Yeah, I think one of the approaches that I've taken and tried to, you know, I guess when you you stop and think about how do you be successful is getting people involved, you know, get them to buy into what you're trying to do. And so one of the things that we've tackled is uh, railroad issues in our community. It's always been a big deal and we continue to have (laughs) more trains every day coming through town. So it's a pretty regular complaint that I get. And We went about a little differently than what's been done in the past by creating a community uh, group to deal with that, all the stakeholders. And really that's had a big impact. So then applying that same thing to some other areas where one day you may be working with individuals that need to be part of that team or can help you get something done, but still – working together as a group to share those ideas and let everybody throw it out on the table so we don't have to deal with it later. Let's just get it out now. And so I think that's been a strategy that seems to have worked so far in a particular project. Um, it's not easy. And you're doing both of those things that you described. It's, you've just got to get people to buy in and be supportive, not that everybody's going to agree, but at least try to neutralize those major issues. Get it out on the table. Let's work through it. Listen to what they have to say and then find some common ground. Yeah, and I would agree. The, the, I, it, I think it depends on the situation and and, and, and
0: the uh, the topic and, and the person I'm dealing with. Sometimes it's better to have the one on one. Let's go to lunch, talk about this. And sometimes um, it's it's just better to address it uh, in a in a whether I'm speaking to a Rotary group or Kiwanis group or, or in those type of forums. So I've uh, I I tried to do my best to guess which way to approach uh, each each individual uh, situation.
4: I think the speeches and the, the broader appeals to the to the public, a state of the city address or uh, opportunities to speak to um, to civic organizations uh, you can br- broadly define your goals, and then the nuts and bolts come in those individual meetings i mean it's uh, state of the city the other night and talking about what goals i I have for the for the remainder of two thousand and nine things we 've already been doing and then you start to hear from those who are particularly interested in one component of that, some extremely happy, some extremely concerned. Um, concerned is euphemism for unhappy and, <laughs> then, uh, and then you That's sit true. down and talk about it individually or in smaller groups to, to execute or to be executed as the case well, may be. Trevor
5: Burrus <laughs> such, such an umbrella term and earlier you guys said that being mayor is a 24-hour job. Uh, well, what do mayors get too much credit for, and what don't they get uh, enough credit for? You know, you guys are doing speeches and different things all the time. Uh, what do you get credit for that you should? Well, that hasn't happened yet for me.
0: (laughs) I'm waiting for the – I wish I could give you an answer on that. Uh, But I did hear the question earlier when you talked about being – and it is a fine line though I have to say because I'm in the situation. I have four four children, uh, senior in high school, sophomore in high school, seventh grade and then the youngest in kindergarten. And uh, so – I get a lot of requests. Last night I had two ribbon cuttings: one at uh, for an autism uh, center, and uh, another for a, a, an Alzheimer's uh, unit addition at, at a uh, assisted f- uh, living facility. And um, so sometimes I do, even though I'm I've, I'm just in the 16 months. I'll, I I try to do as much as I can, but I know uh, um, I I mean I have some obligations as well at home, and um, so it it it. I don't really think about it when I say yes, but usually it does. I do catch myself afterwards leaving, and thinking, you know, it's already seven thirty or eight o'clock at night. Haven't seen the kids and haven't talked to my wife, but twice and some of those things. So it does weigh on you, but. I mean, I personally I enjoy it. I don't mind walking into the grocery store and and seeing people. And they'll I mean, it takes it's a good two and a half hour uh, trip to get <laughs> in to get in and out. But uh, that's part of it. But anyway,
4: I got off track based on the earlier part, so I apologize. No, <laughs> so. I, I think the thing you get that's a great question. That's a that's a interesting question. I've never been asked before. I think you get, uh, you can get credit or blame that may be displaced, but I will say in terms of credit, I think sometimes you know, things are going extremely well. I think every every one of us knows it's the staff of the city government that's actually doing that work. I mean, ultimately, that's the one thing that's a great part of this job. Ultimately, it's the mayor's decision. Whoever the mayor is, uh, ultimately, that final decision and the responsibility lies with that, that one person. But, you know, we get some wonderful things going and I hope always that people know it's 700 people for the city of Bloomington, making a city work for 70,000 people, the the one thing, and this is, this is a, a secret I've never shared with anybody before, uh, and the staff back at the office is going, what's he going to say? Uh, <laughs> the one thing that it's just almost been a pet peeve is are, are the thing that the media, and I understand why, uh, focus on are rankings. Now, rankings will come in about, you know, the number one city to retire in, and you think you know that's great and, and I' and I'm happy that we get a, a recognition like that. but uh, I think some of those are pretty arbitrary. Some of those are magazines selling to their subscribers, whatever it might be. Um, so I've tended not to issue press releases or do a lot of my own quotes to to take credit for those because I don't really think we necessarily deserve it. Uh, on the other hand, when we've slipped in a ranking or it's something where we're in the bottom fifty percent for something, uh, you know, you look at it and think that's that's equally as random. I guess you take the good with the bad, but um, that's the one I've always thought probably you don't really deserve the credit or the blame because I don't really put much stock in a lot of those rankings anyway.
3: Well, I used to say there's no I and we, but that's changed. So, uh,
7: oh,
3: that's, uh, uh, that's, right. uh <laughs> that's right, but, uh, you know, uh, probably, uh, as mayor, I, I don't deserve any credit. Uh, it's, it's a wee thing or it doesn't happen. And just as the mayor said, uh, if you have good staff and all my staff are much smarter than I am, uh, they make a mayor look good. And as long as you can uh, have a great staff and work with them and work with, all the different groups that you can, you're going to get the credit. But let's face it, folks, it's not the mayor, at least in my case. It's the people who uh, you're surrounded by and and the people that you work with. But it's always good to get that credit. Um, But we always take the other. And uh, I'll take that. That's part of the reason I decided to do this. And I think everybody in here would agree. You, you, You have to take the good with the bad. You hope there's more good. But because at night you go home and you're in a better mood with your spouse or family or whatever, or your dogs, dogs or whatever right. it may be..: That's right, that's right. That's the unconditional love, yeah. right? But uh, no, it's, uh, as mayor, I don't expect any credit, uh, but it's nice when the community comes forward and at least says something.
2: It's uh, very rewarding for me when somebody you know pays us a compliment. We'll get a letter or phone call or stop on the street, and I know that we've delivered a good customer service out there. Somebody really felt like the city delivered, and it's like you're talking about. It's those employees. That's the ones that are in the trenches and dealing with people every day, and it just it makes me feel good that you know they're doing the right thing because these people are very satisfied. On the negative side, as an example, would be the libraries. And we've had to close some libraries in Vigo County, and they assume that's the mayor's fault. So I get all these calls about, you know, why did they close the libraries? Why would you do that? Why would you spend money on this? And and I think that we need to do a better job of educating everybody about how government works. I mean I still as we, – we've been all talking. We all learn more things every day. But uh, to really get them to understand the impact of things and how it does trickle down. And um, so there's been a lot of criticisms about um, – you know, loss of property tax dollars in our community and a lot of blame going around when really we just need to hunker down and make it work. So, you know, you just take those opportunities to explain to them so they understand it better. And uh, you take those criticisms and just do the best you can with it. And they, they come more often than the, than the good stuff. You
4: know, the one thing I would, I, it's a lot easier for me to To comment on this, almost observing others as opposed to talking about myself or our own city, and so I would disagree a tiny bit with what Mayor Armstrong said because I think that there absolutely I I agree that it is the staff that you know that's going to make you when you when you look good. It's because of all the work that's gone in. The one there's one thing though that I think uh, a mayor and a personality does make the difference in, and that's how a community feels about itself. That that in a time of crisis, that especially people are looking to to the mayor and to the person and and so I would comment on Columbus in particular because I tend to read and see more about Columbus than I do the other communities here. Um, And when those floods hit and all, it, it is the mayor who they see almost literally in your case. Uh, Fred, 24-7, I mean out there front lines the entire time and we're going to come back. We're, you know, we are going to handle this and I think that there is – I think that's where – and I don't mean this in a partisan way but I think that's why Barack Obama's popularity is so great is there's a sense that something's happening. That it, it may not even be the right thing to be doing right now. I don't know if I agree or disagree but there's someone in charge. These communities differ from Bloomington, Terre Haute, Kokomo, uh, Columbus and – it's being more reliant – their economy, I believe, being more reliant upon the industrial base. We are somewhat insulated because of the university's presence and in, in our – the fluctuations in our economy are going to be a lot less violent than they would be in in your all's community. And, uh, and I think people do look to each of us in whatever the circumstances are to set the tone. Uh, even – I want to – talk about too many specifics. But I mean, even things in Bloomington that have happened where, and I'll mention one that I almost wish I didn't have to mention, when the KKK talked about coming here. You know, it was to me one lunatic who wanted to do that. And, uh, and that got a lot of headlines, a lot of attention, and people start calling the mayor's office. What are we going to do about this? And I, and I think that people do look to um, their leadership in times like that, and want you to set that tone. and I think that does really – that's the one place where I think it really comes down to the person. Obviously, it's still how the staff is involved and reactions and the work that you do and all the public works. I can't believe the, the police, fire, public works, utilities people in Columbus that had to do all they had to do to recover and, and, and many other communities. Um, so I know it's a team effort but ultimately, it was Fred Armstrong on the front lines that I think gave people, gave people comfort that there would be a new day.
1: I want to get to an email question here. Um, Charlie writes in and asks, uh, "What are you mayors doing to help with transportation issues such as light rail, electric cars, natural gas fueling stations?" And you know, we've we've talked with a number of you on Ask the Mayor, uh, Mayor Goodnight. You seem to be the, the logical uh, person to start uh, here.
0: Sure. Well, um, I even campaigned on this. We and I, I am a, a huge proponent of high speed rail, and I I, I actually. Uh, talk about Bloomington and the NDOT and I heard some comments about NDOT on my way in as well. Uh, But uh, I met last year with the commissioner and and the uh, legislature had uh, funded a study that talked about uh, high-speed rail connecting Bloomington. Uh, the east side uh, Fishers area of the east side of Indianapolis uh, and, and Noblesville. And, and I was actually lobbying trying to, to bring those tracks up uh, 29 miles north to Kokomo. I thought it was important that we be included in, 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 the, in any type of high-speed rail transportation system. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. We have an Indiana University campus in Kokomo. I think that would give us access um, to uh, the uh, best professors that, that the, hmm. the university right. has to offer. They could come up to Kokomo once a week. Twice a week, uh, and and we could actually uh, you know and give uh, maybe some other opportunities for our students where uh, instead of a two hour drive, this could be maybe, maybe in an hour and ten hour and fifteen minutes with high speed rail, and so I'm, I'm I'm a huge proponent of that. Especially, um, uh, you know, we're getting ready to have a new bypass put on. And back when I was on the council. Um, I, I was – myself and one other who is still on the council were the only two uh, um, public officials who argued against that because the long-term expenses uh, of – the state is going to have to maintain two roads for plowing, resurfacing. Striping uh, lights, uh, traffic signals, uh, police patrol—all those expenses—that we need to come up with alternative ways. And, and then I'm going to take a give a plug to our K fuel. We were the first city in the Midwest to—we've uh, got a partnership with about 20, 25 businesses where we're uh, processing uh, used vegetable oil from restaurants and and, and uh, the uh, VFWs and things, and we're using that in our uh, city's fleet uh, as a biodiesel blend. And so, you know, we're working on those things. We're also working with uh, on. Uh, you know, we've got some some things we're trying to do on on uh, with with electric cars and some of these things because of our ties to the automotive industry. I mean, we've got our feelers out on a lot of things, but right now, it's it's uh, um, you know, we're just you know trying to lay the groundwork.
1: It's less obvious than the other three cities, but what are what are uh, Columbus, Bloomington, and Terre Haute doing?
4: That that was one where I was fortunate. That that purely was having been in the legislature and uh, the you know getting Bloomington in that study so that we would be we could assess the market. Uh, I mean Kokomo obviously is a natural choice. And, and I, have to, I have to say one thing that I think is underestimated when we talk about high-speed rail in the State is something that uh, that Mayor Goodnight just talked about, and that's the link to higher education. You know, universities, especially the, um, the main campuses, Bloomington, Lafayette, um, are under an awful lot of pressure and the legislature is starting to put more pressure on them in terms of their admission policies, the criticism being too many out-of-state students coming in despite the fact – and I will note in defense of IU – that while the number of out-of-state students has gone up, the number of in-state students has also gone up. The the admissions uh, of in-state students has, has continued to go up. It's The percentage and the balances are changing. Um, and that's put a lot of pressure on on the uh, – some people call them different things. I, I hope regional campuses isn't considered derogatory. But um, the, the other campuses that the university has, uh, I think there will be increased pressure to make sure that the quality there um, is as high as it is. You can go to any one of them and you're at NDI University or Purdue University and keeping that system. But the the in terms of commerce, in terms of our ability to maintain – uh, trans- transit with the fuel costs are no doubt going to continue to to escalate. Uh, high. We're so far behind the rest of the world. It's, it's such a shame to see that we've let this develop uh, without it and now it's going to be more costly because we're going to have to retrofit. But more costly than that would be the failure to retrofit and get this done and uh, I think the linkages between our main cities is, is essential. Not just in, Not to think of it – I know we aren't – but not to think of it just in terms of Indiana. I'm going to call it a high-speed rail and that's true in some parts In other parts it will be passenger rail and um, commuter rail that, that will be faster than driving you know, one place to another but it won't be the bullet trains that we will see in other parts of the country. Uh, but not just look in Indiana but how we fit in the entire Midwest and um, nationally.
3: Well, I probably won't get to see all of this good <laughs> stuff, uh, mind you, although I'd love to. Uh, it's very important but it goes back to a, a different story. And it's something that uh, starts at the federal level. And uh, let me tell you, there are lobbying firms that are very powerful. The uh, most U.S. citizens, not all, but most, don't take that car away from me. I want my keys and I want to go here. I want to go on that interstate and I want to do this until that mindset has changed. And again, I probably won't see this. My grandchildren probably will. But until that mindset changes... I think it's going to be a while. I think that uh, it starts at the federal level and I think they're trying to do something to, again, agree with Obama or not. That is one of the things that needs to be changed and uh, and it needs to be done as quickly as possible now.
1: It's funny you say say keys. In just our last two minutes, we had one fun question for you. Uh, We want to know what it takes to get a key to the city. Because we've never we've never understood that. So so how does how, how do Daniel or I get a key to the city? Any of your cities? We'll take we'll take whatever. Well, I'll sell we can you get. one yeah. if you.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I would have brought one down if you had asked. Yeah. Right? Oh, they're now, that easy to get. I, now you are going to have to come up. Yeah. Um, I will say this: I've, I've given out one. Since I've been in office, um, there was uh, seems you know there's been other mayors that have uh, seemed to give them out uh, a little more often than I uh, than I tend to, and I do have one scheduled here in the next couple months. Um, We did actually put together some criteria. I had a committee put a group together because there was a perception that they were given away too easily uh, before. (laughs) So um, my goal is to uh, have somewhere around four or five uh, in in my four years. What can I ask? What does it unlock? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, uh, if you don't know the history there, they're, 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 they're why they have the term key to the city was back when the cities were bound by walls and that was actually how that started. But uh, right now in, in the city of Kokomo, uh, could you get you just about anything you wanted? So. Well, <laughs> but, I,
1: I apologize that, that we're, we're out of time on today's program. But I want to I thank you all, uh, especially the three of you who we don't normally see once a month for, yeah, for yeah, right. being able to get in here today and, and, and have this discussion because it's really valuable to get to see all of you and get to have all of your answers to these questions in one forum. So my thanks to Absolutely. Greg Goodnight, to Mark Cruzan, to you. Fred Armstrong, to Duke Bennett, to Daniel Robison, to Ariana Prothero, to Mike Pashkash, <laughs> to Regan McCarthy. Have I forgotten anybody? Luckily, We
3: have an out. hour.
4: That's
1: right. <laughs> You've You've this is Noon Edition. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week.
7: Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org.
5: Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332 2233.